I'm good. Let us pray. God, until our faith is sight, fill us with your spirit. Breathe into us your breath. Through word, song, scripture, however you choose. In your name we pray. Amen. So it says in uh, what Paul read to us from Ezekiel that the bones were very dry. Not just dry bones, but very dry bones. They were very dry. So the Israelites in the valley, death had been there for a long, long time. And this was about the time that Israel was being carted off to Babylon, and they were very, very dry. Paul read from chapter 37, and, or the first 30, 35 chapters of Ezekiel talks about where they had wandered and, and what they had done and, 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 and gotten in so much disarray. and They're trying to make sense of what was going on, but to be sure, the bones were dry and white. And chalky. Their faith was very dead. Hope was gone. And. But the thing about it is. Is that. Dry bones aren't ever safe in God's presence. You know. Jesus never walked up to a funeral. That he didn't ruin. By you know. Pulling them back up. Right. So dry bones aren't safe in the love and grace of God. In God's presence, God doesn't leave us in those dry bones. So we are all dry bones, sometimes very dry bones, but we're before a living God. Um, Ezekiel is a very odd prophet. He did some strange stuff. And when Israel was, was, was behaving in all manner of things and not really listening to God, he would reenact uh, packing up every single day. He'd pack up his luggage, say, we're going to leave. We're going to get carted off. And he would warn them and warn them and warn them. Nobody listened to him. And he did a lot of weird things to get people's attention. He said, tough things are going to happen. We're, we're chasing after the wind right now and not after the Spirit of God. And so, just as Israel was at its worst, just as the bones were at their driest, God taps Israel on the shoulders and says, go out to that valley where that last battle was fought years ago, and I want you to go preach to those bones. Go preach to those bones. And... Um, and so he did. He spoke in to these bones. And they started to rattle. They started to come to life. And before I get to that, you ever run into somebody as dry as a bone? You ever gone to order something or whatever and do you want fries with that? Or whatever, you know, or can I help you? Now they're not mean to you or mad at you, right? We kind of a strange thing. I don't want to give anybody any bad publicity, but we had bought a bunch of pizza for the confirmands 
uh, on Friday night after our trip to Beth Israel, which was an amazing experience, and our Jewish friends just welcomed us in. We had a great, and and we already invested about ninety dollars worth of pizza, you know. And I and I had to kind of, I had to purchase it about forty minutes into the service. Um, I, I did it. I had to. I had to do it so that we wouldn't, you know, so we the pizza be waiting on us. But then when we got there, I asked them if we could just sit down. No, I can't do that. It's like, well, I just bought pizza. Front. Can we have it? No, I can't do that. Um, can. Can we go outside, you know, where the rain, I mean, you know, by the table? Yeah, you can do that, but we're not going to serve you. I was like, golly, I just felt like it was dry as a bone. Have you ever run into somebody as dry as a bone? No life? Really dry. Oh, they're alive, but not, not really. Really dry. Turns out the powers and principalities of this world, they love dry places. They love it when you stay in dry places. Jesus talked about an unclean spirit leaving somebody in Matthew 12, 43. And it said, he said, when the unclean spirit is gone out of, a, out of a person, he walks through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Principalities and powers that working against you and me in this world They love, love dry places. Dry places are enemy territory. Now here's the truth. Unless you're not human, you've gone through dry places. We all go through chalky, dry places. But we were never meant to stay there. We were never meant to linger in dry places because dry bones... In the hands of a living God can't stay dry. And so Jesus says, I've come that you may have life. Not that you just exist. I come that you may have abundant life. Not, do you want fries with that? We were created. You were created. Hear me out. You were created to enjoy life. Even sometimes as you walk through the valley of the shadow of life. That's the point. Because dryness doesn't stand a chance in the presence of the living God. In Isaiah it says, arise from the prostration in which the circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life, Isaiah says. Shine and be radiant with the glory of the Lord for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. But dryness happens to the best of us. That's why, that, that's why these, this scripture's in there. Because maybe God knew that every now and then, you and I would wander off into those dry places. Even David, who was very successful, best king in Israel, uh, even he wandered into dry places. Discouragement comes to us all. Let's admit that. It's just when you get there, don't stay there. Don't leave your bones in dry places for too long. David prayed to his own soul in in Psalm 42. Why are you so discouraged? Why are you cast down on my soul? Hope in the Lord. Sometimes we don't wander into dry places, but they just find us. And I, I, I can't pinpoint where it is. You get where you're treading water and you're not growing and you get restless. 
And sometimes it's hard to, hard to get out of it. But realize, even if dry places come to you, the key might be possibly, yeah, you're going to walk through dry places. Don't just let it get in. Don't let those dry places in. We're talking a lot in Lent about living life inside out. There's a cracked egg there. It's a, it's a beautiful symbol of the resurrection or of us, of, of, of us coming out. But, but there's something deep, deep inside that the dryness can happen all around you, but it doesn't have to come in. Paul talked about this and uh, he said that like in every circumstance, in every circumstance, I've learned to be content in all things. That is really hard to do. I try it. I, I, I work on that. And a lot of times I fail. But I know what Paul is saying, right? Like you can, you can think your way into a dry place and you can think your way out of a dry place. You ever done that? Something maybe adverse happens, something happens, some challenge, and you just sort of stay there and linger for too long. I know this is way too personal, but I've got this little scar on the top of my head um, because I shaved my head. See, like, you know, it's when you're bald, it, you know, you don't have to go to a barber, right? So I just do, 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 shave it. And I keep running over this, this thing on the top of my head. So I apologize. There's a little, little scar up there, you know. I probably, I, I, you know, if I can just keep my hands off of it for a week, you know. But I can't believe how much I rub my head. I guess that's just what bald people do. But what I'm saying is, is don't linger. Don't keep picking at the scab, right? Don't keep, don't, keep, don't keep going places that will take you down. But realize, I think what Paul is saying, that so much of this is about your focus, about focusing on God, about knowing that the breath of God is available to you, even in places that are hard to breathe, and that Jesus cries, all who are thirsty come to me, and I will give you water. That he, he can say that beside wells, no matter how dry they are beside you. And God said this to Ezekiel, you are going to know that I am the Lord. You're going to know that I am the Lord. I always know when I go into these dry places that I can get out because God has promised me that this is not how my story ends. Your story in God's good news does not end in the dry place. If you're alive today, God has something for you around the corner. My mom used to say this to me, and it didn't make much sense to me back then, but it makes sense to me now. She said, Bruce, if there's life, there's hope. And God loves you. And God is walking with you no matter what. As a young kid who grew up in Houston, Texas, and his dad mowed lawns for a living. And his dad died very early of a heart attack. And it was just he and his mom and seven siblings. She was a maid in Houston, Texas. And she, never, she didn't know always where the next meal was coming from. Can you imagine trying to feed eight mouths? Cleaning up homes? She was a maid in Houston and things got really tight. But she said this to him every single day. This is what she said. She looked at him and said, Sylvester, tomorrow is going to be a better day. He learned from his mom that even in a dry place, 
wasn't going to have the last word on him. And he could hear the bones rattle as if they were coming together. So much so because he saw how amazing his mom, her faith was. He worked hard in school and against all odds went to Harvard. And a few years later, he became the mayor of Houston, Texas, the fourth largest city in the country. Fourth largest. Sylvester, tomorrow's going to be a better day. Not even the dry bones could keep his mama from giving something so valuable to her son. That is, if there's life, there's hope. And that we may be in a dry place now, but that's not God's last word on us. You're going to know, says God, you're going to know that I am the Lord. And one thing I've learned about God, and I bet you have too, is that God is not limited to what I don't have. And as a church, St. Luke's, God is not limited to what we don't have. Now, we've got a big board of governance meeting on Tuesday night, and it's not going to be fun because... That poor little old ancient HVAC system that we got going on is uh, uh, Jeff and I were out there a couple of couple of Fridays ago, and Martin Mechanical. There were th- I knew it was bad when I was met with six of those guys. The whole family was there, and I felt like they were about to tell me that somebody died. They walked up to me and they looked and they said. Uh, this old air conditioning system is just, it's, it's not going to work anymore. And of course, we prefer not for our kids in preschool uh, to be too hot. We've got to make some big decisions. And they're, they're expensive decisions. And you know, oh, I don't know, Jeff. I don't know if you kind of, uh, Jeff's kept a great attitude. But, you know, it's um, um, as our bookkeeper. Um, but, but I can tell you there have been some nights I'm going, how are we going to do this? Hey, how are we going to do this? And, and when I walked away that day, it kind of felt dry. I felt like I was dry as a bone. But then, I just got to hold on to the fact that God's not limited. Even when we see the limits, God's not limited by our possibility, uh, impossibility. And you know what? People generally rise up when we get challenged. And I know St. Luke's is going to do that. I hadn't sent out anything yet because really on Tuesday night, we as leaders need to figure out what our game plan is going to be and how we can continue to operate and keep doing the things. And we're, we're going to be fine. But I promise you, you'll get, you'll get good communication in the next few weeks about how we can all help step up in our stewardship. God, God, can, God sees the place beyond the dry place even when we don't see it. And that's been true at St. Luke's since 1908. I don't think God's going to fail us now. And we're going to figure it out. You know, um, there was a was an Old Testament story uh, that, that I love um, that helps me to remember. You never focus on the size of the problem. But you focus on the size of our God. And, and that's just what we're going to have to do. Not just in that, but in everything. In everything. It's a story about Elijah. Y'all remember Elijah? He was going through a dry spell. There was Queen Jezebel. And uh, she told him that uh, we're going to seek the army after you. And you are, you're, you're, we're going we're gonna to kill you. If, if, if I don't kill you by sundown, then, then, then I'll die. 
And uh, I don't, you know, Elijah, I don't know if he, he wasn't so much scared about those 400 soldiers as he was uh, at Jezebel. This woman must have been something else. And he ran, ran away. He ran, ran away. And he ran as far as he could. And he was all alone. And he was tired and achy. And he was in a cave. And he rested. And, but then God woke him up. And God had right before him water and bread was bacon over the coals. God doesn't just give us food. God cooks us a meal. And God knew that Elijah needed rest, and, and then he fell asleep again, and, and then he got fed again after that. Maybe, maybe one meal was for the past, and one meal was for the future. Elijah kept running 40 days, 40 nights, kept running, worn out, dry as a bone. Finally, he gets in another cave, and finally God asks him this, Elijah, what are you doing here? That's what he said. I don't think he was talking about his address as much as, what are you thinking? What are you doing in this place? Don't you know? I'm an all-powerful God, and I'm going to take care of you. He says, I am the only one who hasn't relented to worshiping Baal. I'm the only one. And, you know, we tend to exaggerate when we're tired, don't we? Or scared or worn out. God reminded him, he said, no, there are 7,000 more. There are plenty. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. You ever gone through a dry spell or something and feel like you're the only one? I think that's another way I think that spirits try to, that are not of God, try to get us down, keep us in, the, in, the, in that place. And then God showed him a storm. Wasn't there. Then God showed Elijah an earthquake. Nope, not there. Finally in the silence, the still small voice of God, and he was there. Elijah was ready to wrap it up because he did not want to get up from that dry place. And God said, this is not your last story. And it was just a little bit after that in the Old Testament when Elijah meets Elisha, his assistant, who would do twice the things he did. There's something yet better tomorrow still. It'll be better tomorrow because God is able even when I'm not and God can get me through. God gets us through the dry places. God moves us through. Because God didn't make bones to be scattered and dry. God made us to come together. Connected, muscle and sinew with others. If you listen closely, you can almost hear the bones rattle. Because God can make skeletons dance. God can bring life out of death. Jesus said, let anybody who thirsts come to me. And I will put you back together again. Lent is about moving out of the dry places in life toward God. So, kind of like all this stuff that we're hearing about in North Mississippi, we wait. We wait for God to move. And we know that God's got something for our friends in North Mississippi around the corner. and God's got a blessing we wait to be breathed into by the breath of God. Wind, spirit, breath. It's all one word in Hebrew. Ruach. We wait for it from all four corners to come. Knowing that it's what's inside that changes your life. It's what's inside that nourishes us even in the dry times. The spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit permeates all aspects of our life. 
including your way of thinking, your way of feeling, and your way of acting. There's no shame of being in a dry place. But remember that God put those bones together and lifted them up and got them on their feet for a reason. Because God got them moving on the soil that they were meant to be. Something better awaits us tomorrow is what Sylvester's mom said. I believe it. I believe it. I can hear the bones rattling already. Let us pray. Lord God, you promised that you would put your spirit within us and we would live. And you would place us on our own soil. We celebrate that you hadn't quit calling us to preach to the bones in our lives. Where we feel dead and dusty and lifeless. God, give us abundant joy. Make this church a place where people can find Hope, for in many people we know it is dying. But you've got better plans. Thank you, God, for the good news of the bones rattling. In Christ's name, amen. I invite us to stand and sing our closing hymn, if we would. It is on page 707. It's, it's an Easter hymn and a Lent hymn. It's got a little both in them. It's one of my favorite songs. Let us sing. <clears throat>